0: Welcome to Daffodon Podcast. It's your boy Daffodon Des. I'm here to bring you the latest and greatest in Southern hip-hop news and everything that affects the culture. Today I want to talk about a lot of stuff we've been seeing where everyone plays activists, right? But once again, one thing that made me think about it is is everybody fit to be an activist? Is everybody fit to stand in front of the camera and say, this is my point of view of injustice and social injustice? And one name that comes to my mind who has been a constant fixture against prison reform, but also seems to be an advocate for a lot of things that we find negative. And that uh, a lot of people who are pro-police brutality, I don't know what they're called. I just call them pro-police brutality. A lot of people who stand to the opposition of our movement, let's say that, tend to use these excuses such as uh, the violent rape, the way we treat our women. And that's Plyas. Plyas seems to embody, to embody the duality. Not that he's against uh, black people, but that he embodies a duality of being a street dude and talking about and following the rules of the streets, even in his real life, not just in his art, in his real life, following those codes. And at the same time, being somebody who sees flaw in the justice system. Now I'm never the one to paint the uh, the, the, the picture to be the same. You know how some people say, oh, well, you gotta worry about police fatality. You gotta worry about black lies, uh, black on black crime too. I don't think you have to worry about black on black crime. They They're properly arresting people. If anything, they're overly arresting people. They should. Matter of fact, I believe overly arresting us is the reason why we're in this position right now. And it doesn't seem to be working. The Wire had a really good segment where they were arresting people in front of a church for loitering. Those people in front of the church had called. uh, They had called the police for safe for like, I, I don't know, for safety. Let's just assume that. For the sake of the story, they called them for safety and they ended up arresting all of these churchgoers when the mayor promised the head of the church that he would make change. And look what they turn around and do. I don't know if y'all remember this was would have been maybe season five, whichever one was with the kids, whichever one was about the kids. This was the, the season. And I think this is a lot of what we're facing. So, well, why, why do I say plies? Because I believe Plyce is a duality that is so interesting. And you can find it in Mink Mills, you can find it in other acts, but implies more so than anybody. Because he speaks with both so passionately that he becomes almost a poster this duality of how do you keep it real with the streaks and real with the movement? Can you do both? So, we want to explore that today We're going to explore that with Plies And Homie Homage, we're going to talk about one of his artists, Fella And uh, I don't know if y'all remember Fella He signed Fella in 2009 He was a, a really good rapper He is a really good rapper uh, We're going to talk about him and his rise and fall out of fame And unfortunately, him also succumbing to a lot of the dramas That come with being just in the streets And in our Pitch Is Worth A Thousand Words We're going to talk about going affiliated i think it had a very interesting album cover and just the the picture he was painting in this album cover and the certain things that we use to these symbolisms that's used to convey a certain kind of identity i guess you could say but we're getting all of that in due time but today i wanted to talk about first i want to talk about deep in deep diving and dirty is plies woke is plies woke is my question so he spoke on jail reform for years. He's personally been affected by it with his brother serving uh, several prison bids. Big Gates, who he named his record after. And if you've even been a, plies of, a fan of flies from day one, you'll know how much admiration and love he has for his brother. And like many of us, we turn to other people in our family to sort of take that father figure role for us. I don't believe his brother's that much more older than him. Uh, I believe he's maybe like... Maybe five to seven years older, if I'm guessing. If I'm guessing, that's how much older his brother is than him. But he does look up to his brother to the point where it does seem to be a mentoring thing. It's his older brother, so that's who Big Gates Records is named after. Big Gates, and uh, and man, they they're close like <laughs> they're close like brothers, right? No duh, right? But also with that, with his brother being incarcerated, but does this him talking about, and in this song Not only is he talking about his brother He's just talking about All of us facing unfair justice systems I remember, and the reason why I really gravitate to him I remember when I got arrested, right? And I talk about it sometimes The guy who arrested us said Because my uh, the guy I ended up getting arrested with He was arguing with the cop And the cop came back and said, verbatim you keep on, I'm going to give you a real charge So overcharging people isn't something that they do Like, it isn't something they're hiding It's something. That, it's not something they have to hide Something they don't have to talk about And you you look back in hindsight Because this was around the same time, honestly He was making all this music This was in 2008, the summer of 2008 Summer of 2008 was crazy for me I ain't going to get into it with you, but it was crazy a lot, a lot of life-changing things happened in 2008 for the kid But uh, this was another thing of people being overly charged And he talks about this But at the same time, if you know him You also know that he embodies this goon mentality This mentality that This mentality that only the strong survives And you you gotta be, you know, the roughest and toughest to make it So that brings me to my first point is the violence in, with him talking about overcharging people and, and not giving folks their fair, fair shot in the courtroom. Does that get outweighed by the violence in his music? That's the first point I want to ask. Does this, does the violence in his songs and glorify not cooperating with law enforcement outweigh the good? So first, does his songs encourage inner city crimes as a merit of masculinity? That's definitely a solid question because if I'm thinking about does this solidify him as a, well not him, just his people. Like is this being tough? Is this masculine? Where he talks about not only just shooting people but shooting people with assault rifles. Like he takes it to the max. He's talking about going over and beyond. Now there is the notion that you're a victim of your environment. That you're a product of your environment That you're a victim of circumstances And if anyone was born in your circumstance They'll make that same decision Which isn't fair because most people born in your circumstances Don't make your same decision But how do you say what somebody's circumstance is? We don't know if Just because we live on the same block You may, you know, when I go home at night I might be getting abused I might be getting uh, assaulted I might be, anything could be happening to me and so, just because we live on the same block, don't mean we had the same existence. But we can truly look at the majority and say that even if somebody had your Zach polar, the exact same experience you had, there's no telling that they would do exactly what you did. Because if you really look at it, as much as we may be uh, uh, as black men, made to look as if we're super violent, we're talking about not even ten percent not even 10% ever gets arrested for violent crimes. So does, does him making that be a merit? Like, oh, you know, this ain't what you're about. You don't really want this. And then not only does he kind of give these merits out, this isn't like people his age. He tends to give this out to his youngest, as he says, you know, I got these youngest that'll do this for me and they'll do that for me. And you know, you're kind of playing a mentorship for them. And this is the direction you pushing them into. One could say they was going to be what they were already. And all I'm doing is at least showing them the game, showing them the ropes, showing them how you can at least get ahead if you're going to do it. But that still doesn't mean that you give them all of what, all, all of the advice that you give them. That doesn't mean you push them into the position that you pushing them into. So I do believe to a degree, if you're showing, you know, that this makes you a man and you telling this is what makes them a man, they're going to go all out for it. So also... When when working with law enforcement is against your moral compass, can you really be pro-prison reform? Meaning, if you don't believe in working with law enforcement... Now, I'm going to cut him some slack on this one. I don't know if when he says snitch, he means like, oh, you're the person whose house got broken into and... uh. And you call the police and you filed Or your car got stolen And you filed a police report And you're filing your insurance I don't, I don't assume I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt He's not talking about that person But more or less the guy who's Who openly did everything wrong Everybody else did But because he's the first one that got caught Or the first one that got off for a deal He gets to get all, almost all scot-free And not get nowhere near what he should have gotten That you openly participated and that when it was cool, you was cool. But when it got hot, you fell back. That I'ma say, that I'ma say no. I'ma say no. You can still be pro prison reform and not be pro snitch. Because snitching is kind of a part of like a is something that's gotta be addressed. Meaning, if you can do a crime, a violent crime, and you did it with three other people, and they let you go. Let's say it was a murder, right? And they let you go if you tell what other three did. You still just put a murderer out on the loose. You just threw a murderer back in our community. And you could argue, well, it makes sense because you got three of them out of that. But we got a known one back in there. And we know he has no moral compass and no loyalty to anything. We have to really adjust what we when these matter of fact, they talked about this on uh on New Jack City. On New Jack City, you remember at the end of New Jack City when they had Nino Brown? I mean, they had him by the long hairs, short hairs, is it short hairs? And about the long hair, whatever. And uh, and and he's a snitch, he snitched his way out, he snitched on uh the educated brother from the bank. He was a singer, did y'all know that? Educated brother from the bank. He was actually a singer. He was a pretty successful one too. Um but he ended up getting the tell and the DA said, "Well, what do you expect for me to do?" So now you finna put Nino Brown back on the streets. A man who's far more of a threat to anything in society than anybody else. But because you get to ramp up your numbers of how many people you get locked up. This so I'm I can say If I'm being honest and I'm just going to be fair and look at it from both perspectives, I agree. I agree. I believe you can be anti-snitching, meaning snitching, meaning you did a crime and now to get yourself out of it, you're going to tell what somebody else did? I believe you can do that. I I think that's fair. I think think that's fair. You can still do that and still be pro-prison reform. I don't believe you can use violence as a tool of masculinity, but... You can't be against no snitching, cause it's your word at the end of the day. And if you let them get away with it, they kind of they're going to guarantee do it again. They're going to do it again, so you're only creating more victims. You're only creating more victims and more people for you to convict, and and that's not really solving the problems. So once again, and also, with that being said, so what's the difference between street violence and police brutality? See, now this is the one we get into a lot, right? This is one that a lot of times we get it thrown at us. What is the difference between you attacking somebody, right? And the police attacking somebody. There's a few things. I know the first thing that come in your mind, bro, if I did it, I get arrested. If I did it, I get charged appropriately, or if not overly charged. That's what happens. If they did it, they get a merit for it. That's cool. I want to go deeper than that. I want to go deeper than that. So okay, we all agree that they're not going to be charged the same. We also looking at when you create, when you do violence, you you were put in a situation that you might not have been able to get out of. You went look, you didn't necessarily go looking for the problem, right? So let's say uh, you go to you get into a fight with somebody. It's an altercation. It's a it's a reason why something could have happened that, That's understandable You might have gotten into a car accident And the person just starts jumping on you Or you start getting into it with somebody else Or even if we're looking at street violence Sometimes it's just kids who don't know how to resolve themselves And no one's stepping in to mentor them So when I'm looking at street violence Let's, let's take just to the extreme both, let's take it to murders. Let's not just take it to the fighting. If you're talking about an extreme, one young kid might have felt he didn't have that, that chance to do anything. He might he might have truly been guilty. I mean, not guilty. He might have truly be innocent and just found himself in a predicament that was tough to get out of. The reason why that's different, if he hurt that person, he has he he has the right to due process. When a cop does it, here's the difference There is no due processing There's no true due processing Because if you're not getting charged Like, you see how blatant it has to be for them to get charged You know what I really want? I want them to get convicted without me ever seeing video I want to hear about the arrest before I hear about the crime If you think about it, and I'm going to get into the homie homage What I heard about the arrest before I heard about the crime Sometimes you hear about, wait, who got arrested? What he got arrested for? Right? That's usually how it goes. It's not what did you do? Oh, this person needs to be arrested. Well, you have to protest and people have to kind of come together. You don't ever see anybody have to protest. Yo, come get these Crips. They're killing these bloods. You don't never have to see that. Yo, come get this guy. He's selling drugs right here. You don't have to see that. You just turn on the news and bricks of cocaine, piles of guns, and money is just sitting on the table, and the FBI's taking pictures saying, Hey, we took him down. Okay. I don't see how you can effortlessly fight one form of violence and not be able to effortlessly do the other one when you got a camera on the other one. You've got a camera on them. That don't mean nothing. So anyway, so that that, that's the difference. But if I'm looking if I'm listening to Plies music and looking at Plies in general, um, I would still say that the things that he glorifies as far as violence in the community is more so a pressing threat and issue. And it's also an issue for the police because their safety does matter. That is a priority. They're public servants, and you have to make sure that they're safe. And if you're in these communities and you're encouraging these young adolescents to pop pills and shoot high power assault rifles, everybody's in danger, and that's the biggest threat. That's the biggest threat. True enough, you got cops in here You know, treating Treating uh, traffic stops like bomb threats But I think it's a lot more prevalent That we see in violence in in the streets So I would say if I had to wrap that up Because I'm just kind of thinking of it as I'm asking you As I'm asking you this I'm just thinking of it too If we're talking about the violence And if we're talking about the the things that affect us The most We see that We we know when that issue can come there. How many times have you just been walking out of a gas station and you see two young brothers arguing? You're like, no, let me get out of here before I get back. We think of that often. But you also get cops pulling up behind you, and you're like, oh, my God, I hope this doesn't go bad. So both have a negative, but I do believe street violence is something that is the most pressing issue, especially if you live in Chicago, Detroit, L.A., Jacksonville. You know, you're starting to see a lot of it. But there's also places where I don't believe Minneapolis has a problem like that I don't believe Ferguson has that kind of problem I don't believe You know we all think a lot of us We live in cities where it's so common We live in the Miamis and the Atlantas and the L.A.s And we think that everywhere that we're at Is like the city that we're in And that's not the case I've lived in small towns with a lot of black people it's, I live in the south So I've lived in places where It's just as down home And as country as it can get where the only gunshots you hearing is deer hunting, so you know we do have inner city problems, we do have inner city crimes, and I think both are hand in hand. But if the people who sent there to fix the problem are causing the problem, then that trumps the actual problem itself because it's like, well, first we got to take this layer off before we can even get to this bottom layer. So it's more president, more it's more pressing to address our Problem with the solution because if the solution is causing more problems, then you take out the solution first. But deeper than just violence, because I don't want to just leave it at that. If you're talking about your for pro reform, my next question is Is Plaza womanizing? Does this affect and does this affect the way his message contradicts itself? Here's what I mean you can't talk about doing harm. Being having harm done on you by society, then turn around into the women of your community and doing the same harm to them. All right, so the first thing, it's a two-part question. It's, uh, what's well, two parts to it in my mind. You can leave a comment in the comment section, tell me exactly what you think. But songs about one-night stands and chasing fast women creating, which creates the same economic imbalance in the hood. Meaning that if... You're just only looking for these one night stands You create these broken homes These broken homes create situations where Young men and women feel Are less supervised Less provided for Because it's not a two parent household You know you're talking about your child support And in reality that makes sense For you to talk about how your child support is affecting you Because they're trying to balance out An imbalance You feel me You can't balance that Especially if you have three four of them Technically, you're responsible for three, four homes. I don't even I don't I'm not on child support, so I can't really say I can't really speak for the courts or not. But I kind of sympathize with them, like, well, how else do we balance this out? Because this clearly creates the imbalance in economic opportunity, meaning if we're spending more money to take to take up the slack of the other half of your household. Why can't we spend this money in schools? What can we spend this money on roads? What can we spend this money on our own, on school loans, on student loans, and scholarships? Because that money is not free. They may say it like it's free money. That money is not free. And in majority of the times, when you get money from somewhere, it came from within your community. You didn't. You thought this money came from Vermont or somewhere? Now, nah, right where you work at, right where you work at, that money circulates. Your city is given a budget, and that budget is based upon your senses, based upon the money you pay in taxes. Anyway, you may feel like, bro, what does this guy do with prison reform? If if we're encouraging this player mentality, in my mind, if you encourage this player mentality, doesn't that increase the number of broken homes that you have? It's only a natural thing, right? Sex create children, children create households. Those households are not built or were not created within a stable relationship, that stable relationship becomes a broken home. This increases your kid's chance of becoming, you know, of of being arrested. This does, this plays a part into it. And it seems like the most no vice part of it. But I remember, and and there's a young lady who I think is getting killed and who's getting counseled in the culture. And I'm not one for really counseling people like that, but uh, she made a statement and I don't believe in no formal way. She's saying like, Oh, I only date dope boys and stuff like this But I just want to get into the mindset That's the problem It's a girl named B. Simone Which I don't know what she actually does I don't know what she's famous for I know she does a lot of things But I don't know what she's famous for And, uh, and this young lady says She wouldn't date a man with a 9 to 5 And another young lady While answering this question While answering this question She says she wants a guy that makes fast money a guy that has money readily available for her when she needs it, right? This this plays into it because this is why I say I'm not just putting it all on him. If he's representing this street dude mentality and he's talking about this is the upside of being a street guy, right? Like you have women so readily available because you have funds that's readily available. You may not actually make more than a guy that makes a nine to five, but he makes all his money at one time. Right, you only get paid twice a week. If you getting paid every night, it might feel like you always got money to give. Cause you won't have to budget. Your budget is determined on how much you hustling. You need more, you go out and work more. Same for nine to fives of salary works or salesmen, but for you the the uh the response is instantaneous. It's right there, it's cash right in hand. And this this creates a problem. This creates a lot of the problem with a broken home. Where if you have women who saying, I don't want men with nine to fives and Stability isn't the reason And you're not If she's not looking for stability Financial stability And you're not looking for long term relationships You don't see that being a part of the problem You don't see that being a part of the problem I can see it Also You know he also has songs like Old lady where he talks about using The women This is the definition of womanizing Using the women to get back at the men that he has a problem with you, you, you can't use women like that You can't use people like that Especially if I think you get situations like uh, Michelle A I don't know if y'all know who Michelle A is Michelle A has a child with Dr. Dre And a child with Suge Knight Matter of fact another person Now that I'm thinking about it You got Black China. Black China has a child with uh tiger and a child with Rob Kardashian now I'm not mad at having a a child with Rob Kardashian because in reality you have set that child up for some uh, If we're talking about economic uh, uh if we're talking about uh economic imbalance, they are definitely on the upside of that imbalance. The Kardashians are super set and uh and for you to have for you to have the the daughter. To have Rob, Robert Kardashian's actual granddaughter You know, the guy who got OJ off That's actually kind of lit I'm not even mad at Black China for that But this is what I mean When you're having women who have Who are people who's using, you know, sex as revenge This comes a part of the whole problem, right? I don't know if y'all really see it in that way Maybe I don't Maybe, maybe you feel like, well That's between them, that doesn't Ultimately, end up because mind you, I'm talking about prison reform. I'm not just talking about police brutality. I'm not justifying your you being a single parent saying that your kids should get beat. I'm not talking about that. I'm taking that out of the equation. I'm talking about simply the reform of a jail. If they're building jails based upon children that's coming up in single parent households, can't we also say that that's a part of the problem that if we're having? And that's not saying one guy. If it's just one guy and one girl having this issue, you have one guy, Plaza only has one son, I believe, but you got guys who have eight kids. It could easily come off as if every black guy's doing this, but in reality, you could just have one guy and he's going nuts out here. He's going, he's just off the rail. And of course, us as most black men, we like, well, why are you telling us about him? (laughs) That sounds like your problem. It was all of our problems, really. It becomes all of our problems in society But we do feel that way We we do feel that way And, and that does play a part into it This all does play a part But uh, also How does he show the other end of the spectrum? That, that's really the third question And also, honestly his most redeeming quality He has songs like Big Long Where he really kind of Talks about and he has a lot of songs where he talks about it But "Bid Long was one of the first ones that came to my mind Where he talked about, you know, when your time's really long A lot of the people you did favors for, those women who wanted that quick cash from you They out of here And I'm going to be honest with you, I was only in that three weeks <laughs> They was gone the first day uh, They, Old head told me she's going to be gone before the cop car turned the corner Like, this is just, you know, how it goes there's not really a lot of loyalty towards you when it's time for you to pay the piper, when you know, when it's time to pay for your debts. You won't see a lot of those people with you. Uh he has song like trying to beat the odds where you speaking that ain't rich folks where he's talking about where all right, if I'm not if I'm this guy who's facing all of these insurmountable odds and nobody in my family is successful, which is fair to say cuz you think about it. If you was born in the sixties, you are in your fifties now, right? So if you probably were the first generation born with the right to even go to school with everybody else and get the same bank loans as everybody else, they had to fight for that. They were still fighting in the eighties and the nineties just to get fair treatment in the workplace. So it's not really too crazy to think that you're not going to have an abundance of lawyers and abundance of doctors. But he does speak on this odd and and how that's a issue with. In us as young black Americans, like, all right, well, now we're the ones up to play. We're the first few generations, because when it's looked back 100 years from now, we're gonna be the first few generations they look at and say, well, this is the first thing we did with equal rights. This is the first thing we did, and this is how we showed up. Some would say, well, they still filled up prisons. The 80s and 90s, they filled up the prisons. They became on welfare They were violent towards one another It looked like it got worse when we gave them freedom But in reality Like he said in trying to beat the odds Now I have to I have to create a vision for myself That Or like he said in rich folks I have to create a vision of something I haven't seen Nobody in my hood has ever been a lawyer Nobody's been a doctor That's a quote from the song So what am I now painting What am I supposed to see What am I supposed to be how am I supposed to create a reality that I've never seen? And nobody that looks like to me has a reality like that. He also has songs like Crying in the Shower, where you talk about just dealing with the pressures. Um what else are we talking about? Uh, he has Crying at Second Chance in America where once you're a felon, like you don't never you can't ever really get a solid restart. What if you made a mistake, and they'll tell you stuff like, oh, you tell the judge, I didn't know that was illegal. Guess what they're going to tell you? Ignorance isn't above the law. And as much as that is fair, there should be a lot more. There should be a lot more uh, opportunities for you to remove you know, from your records. You shouldn't have to have the governor's in you to do it. There should be more, and I don't think nobody really wants to talk about that. Like, if I exist in society for 20 years and I get in trouble, Why can't I just have that completely removed? If I got in trouble at 20 and now I'm 40 and I'm ready to move into a certain community, there's certain communities you can't move into if you have a record. So he talks about songs like that, like Second Chance, and and many more that really paint a picture that I really think is uh, solid. 100 Years is another one where he's pretty much telling his fans, his listeners, like, bro, they will give you 100 years out here like it's nothing. And he's showing you... Like, this is their job, to give you time. And you're the people they built those jails for. And I think that paved the way for a lot of stuff you see, like with Mink Mills doing, uh, and many others, and Jay-Z and Remy Ma. A lot of them are doing this, but Plies really built his brand off of this. And I think he is, he's a voice for people who aren't perfect and don't have to be perfect to just want fair treatment. In the words of Martin Luther King, A riot is the language of those unheard, and he's speaking for those without a voice. So I do believe Plies may not be in a sense of woke, in the sense of I, I say the right things, I sing peace kumbaya, but I do believe he's a man that represents those who are striving for change and striving to be better, and he's always one of my favorite rappers, and that's why I was glad I got to really break down the duality of him. In the show he's a lot more than just jokes Like now you may just be thinking Wait this guy does all of that Yeah long before off on a plug Twice came out This brother was was definitely speaking He might, he definitely is still speaking about it So That's deep dive in the dirty You know I run through Our homie homage Because I always get long winded with deep dive in the dirty I always get long winded Because you know you start talking about it And you're thinking about it and so I wanted, cause I wanted to also talk about an artist from his label, Big Gates Records, named Fella. I think Fella has such an interesting story and I just, and he actually had an amazing songs too. He was a very good rapper. He was very talented. He was, uh, he was from Lakeland, Florida, Polk County, Central Florida. And uh, I mean, he wasn't too far from Duval, really. Lakeland isn't that far from Duval. Polk County is not that far. It may be a couple hours You know, it might be But, uh Fella was once again a Florida artist Cause you know, Plows is from Fort Myers So he's from Lakeland, Florida And, uh And, and he was he, he was I don't know what year he was born But I know he was like 28, 2014 So whatever that makes him, man He's in his mid-30s now But He's currently a Fella is a rapper signed to uh plaza's big gate records now big gate records is uh plaza's independent record label i don't believe that like they have a joint venture with anybody so these were just artists that he signed off the whim he had another person named like lady or whatever but he signed fella and fella dropped uh his first mixtape maybe his only mixtape pill and a half i guess pills is for his actual drug addiction and he had a song. He was on a song called "Chirping." And he was on a song called uh, "A.K. Chevrolet." That was one of the hardest records I had ever heard from Plies. He was on Buddy. He had a record called Buddy, where you know it's kind of like a little funny record where he's talking about you know, I guess that clientele, the, the addicts being like their buddies because it's like, well, if it was no them, I wouldn't be getting money. <laughs> so I guess that's what that's about, but. Ultimately, Fella is locked up right now on two bank robbery, armed robbery charges. So I'll, I'll read it off to you. Orlando rapper, I'm like I say he's from Lakeland. Orlando Rapper Fella is facing time in prison after robbing two local banks last year. A federal judge found 28-year-old, this is in 2014, found 28-year-old the warrant. Antoine Antonio Lewis Guilty of two counts of bank robbery With assault and two counts Of using and carrying a firearm Doing a I guess doing a robbery His sentence hearing was scheduled At the time for April 4th And he was facing 25 years in bank robbery And a mandatory Minimum consecutive Penalty of 32 years in prison For firearm conviction So he robbed a uh, He robbed a a Wells Fargo bank In Orlando In Orlando March 20, 2013 According to court records in the trial testimony Lewis was covered from head to toe When he robbed the bank But a witness saw him take his disguise off And drive away from one of the banks Orange County deputies chased Lewis Through the streets of Orlando Before finally catching with a bag full Of about $23,000 Court record shows So uh, I don't this was in the mid two thousand tens. So he's been in there for some years now. I didn't really remember this being very well, you know, noted. I don't even really remember Pliers talking about it too much. I don't know if they was too tight after this happened. I would imagine he would have some kind of resentment towards Plies, because you gotta think about it, Plies still eating. He's still eating, he's still going. You know, he's still finding a way to make his ends. And now you're robbing banks You're gonna feel a type of way I remember J.R. Ryder had a problem with Cameron When he ended up having to start rob banks But you know some people got that hustle in them Some people have that hustle in them Some don't But his story is pretty interesting though You know uh, From the cruel streets of Polk County Emerged young rapper and hip hop star Big Gates recording artist Who's notoriously known as Fella Well respected in the streets And even more for his self taught musical skills Fella's has proven early Fella has proven early on that he is a major ingredient in what the music industry needs. I'm sure he said, I got, on what the streets need, and they just switched, switched it to that. Like I said, he's from Polk County. Shout out to Polk County. Uh, born and raised in the heart of Lakeland, Florida, Fella took comfort in the streets where his many run-ins with the law provide fatal when he was faced with 10 years of prison in late 2005 for serving felony drug accounts. Due to his foresight and knowledge of the justice system, Fella was able to beat his charge and only served two years in federal corrections. His incarceration only enhanced his passion for music industry, where he began to sharpen his talents as a writer, a rapper, and a composer. So, you know, he did two years early on. So he was used to the system. This is uh it, this was also something I thought was very interesting. When asked about his drive, fella referred to his family and his his quest for justice after his mother and nephew were wrongfully tried and sentenced to over ten years in prison. So, that's that's something that and I think makes his story so interesting, right? Because we don't really hear too much about the mother. You you hear your guy talk about his mother getting involved in like drug raids and you know the feds looking to raid his mother, but we don't really too much get into that that fashion of it of where this system attacks more than just the men. And he was uh, a proof of that. His songs, he had so much aggression, man, and so much like so so much anger in what he said, but when you listen to his interviews and you actually watch what he was talking about, man, this brother was the definition of level-headed and cool. And and really, I mean, he was a talent that we really lost way too soon. That's not to say he's not going to get an appeal. He's not going to get a second chance. If they didn't really see you rob somebody and there's a witness that said you did it, I don't know how that may work out for you. And as far as I'm as far as I know, I don't really know how much time he had. I couldn't find anything. It really just one of those cases where people just didn't really keep reporting on it. But that was the first thing they said was him, you know, being sentenced 35 years in prison. For uh, on robbery That was the first thing that I saw But for his family to have been going through the court system And all of them go through the court system He was somebody who at least musically I wanted to celebrate Who had talent He has a song called Chirping He has a freestyle over uh, future Same damn time I think they even did a single together So I, I definitely want you to check that out He's a worthwhile act man A worthwhile listener And that's Homie Homage So check out Fella the rapper Fella That's F-E-L-L-A And on from Fella On to Ply's album Going Affiliated And Pitch is Worth a Thousand Words And just to rattle this all quick Pitch is Worth a Thousand Words uh, Ply's Going Affiliated cover Was To me Was one of the polarizing pictures That really showed it, it really showed The The message in his brand. You know, he had on a ski mask covering his face. You you see a guy with a ski mask, long johns, and some shorts on, and some Chuck Taylors. And just for, like, for him to have a mask covering his face, because now you see kids walking around with the ski mask on like it's regular. You know, it's a part of a lot of these kids' attire. And I don't think that... I, I don't think that he that he knew that he was going to make this such a trend because I seen, matter of fact, this is when you seen Kodak. This is when, and he had on, he also had a matching chain. See, that was kind of some Florida stuff because Ross had the matching face chain. So he had his ski mask match his uh, goon chain. He had a couple goon chains. This was like black diamonds. And uh, it's a face mask so the eyes and the mouth are cut out. You know, he has an expensive watch on, no oh my, my, my bad my bad I'm wild I'm wild. This is not going affiliate this is definition of real going affiliate it was just a ski mask on so I'm talking about let me take that back. We're talking about the definition of real definition of real I think was after uh he yeah, had real testament definition of real had excuse my hands on it and um what's the one that had co-defendant code the realest the realest the realist. so he dropped three albums in the same year and this was kind of a more darker album i will say the branding of it was darker he wanted to initially drop all three of these on a triple disc you believe that he wanted a triple disc cd that's wild man you know that that's wild he actually had the song without trey songs i'm the man on that too like i said it was a lot darker the video was darker excuse my hands it was like i guess if you was to look at shawty shawty a lot of those videos were shot during the day a lot of those videos were shot during the day it was him in his in his neighborhood Shorty was shot during the day hypnotize was at night it was in front of a nightclub though it was a more fun thing if you look at a lot of the videos for definition of real it's a lot more darker he looks like he's in his abandoned building in the song i'm i'm the man and even in excuse my hands is in a more of a dark everything's blacked out. Even watched this, you know, a lot of the songs that he had and a lot of the videos he had was a lot dark and his album cover for definition of real was the same way. And if you look at the realist, the realist kind of was a mix of both. The realist had the song out Family Straight, which was a real deep song where he talked about his uh where he talked about his niece getting pregnant by like a thirty eight year old at sixteen. His he having AIDS He really just got deep into his actual family story And a lot of people wanted that A lot of people wanted to know more about what made him him. His dad's drug addiction He really talked about a lot This was on the realest But on the definition of real It was a lot more of a darker album But, you know, that's how he gave it up That's how he did it It was definitely a solid project And honestly one of my favorite projects to date So that's Ply's definition of real I did say Goon Affiliated Goon Affiliated was a ski mask too though So you know, cut me a little slack there, right? But you know, that's definitely Don Dez. That's the that's the podcast. It's everything that I'm talking about, everything that I stand for, everything I believe in. Uh I do this every week. Please like, share, and subscribe. Wherever you get this at, uh, Apple Podcast, YouTube, wherever you watch it, Google Podcast, wherever you watch it, like, subscribe, comment. You know, and let me know and share it with your friends. Let them know how great it is. All right, well, until the next time, I am out.